Welcome to the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast. My name is Safe Basaria. My name is Shaban Samani. I'm Case Charunya. And I'm Asad Lalani. And today is the mock draft episode. And there's only one way to do mock draft episodes is to have the guy that watches more film than anyone I know, at least. NBA Film Room on Twitter. Irfan, welcome to the pod, bro. Appreciate you guys having me on. Also, I'm excited. So as you can imagine, and as I've just said, today is the mock draft. You haven't heard from us in a minute because, well, the NBA finals were fun and crazy and, um, and recording in between podcasts or in between games is just kind of difficult to do. So we're jumping into the NBA mock draft. The draft is on Thursday, July 29th. I think that's the date. Um, and, and in the meantime, what we're going to do on the podcast today is go through the lottery. We've broken up into teams. Kays and I are on one team, and Shaban and Asa are on the other team. Kays and I will be making the even picks in the lottery. Odd. You're right. My bad. The odd picks in the lottery. I did say that in the pre-show as well. And uh, and Shaban and Asa, because Asa's a baby back bitch and really wanted the Rockets, gets the even picks. <laughs> um, because he knows we would have picked the shittiest if we had the Rockets, Kays and I. And so for that reason, we are not allowed the Rockets. Uh, we're going to talk about who we like and where we like them. And then Irfan's going to give us his thoughts. He's going to give us a grade on the pick and he's going to give us the player and the fit and then potentially talk to us about why maybe we fucked this up horribly. However, with pick number one, the Detroit Pistons cannot fuck this up unless they don't take this guy. It's Darko Milicic. No, I'm kidding. We're taking Cade Cunningham <laughs> at number one. It's the easiest pick in the world. It's, it's a no-brainer. And even if Detroit, for whatever reason, doesn't make this pick and trades this pick, Whoever is at number one will make this pick. This is the easiest one in the book. I think this is probably the only one that is damn near guaranteed to go number one. Cade Cunningham. Irfan, we've discussed Cade Cunningham with you at length on this podcast when we did the finals uh, or March Madness pod. Give us give us your thoughts on Cade. I mean, like I said, he's he's definitely the best player in this draft. I mean, to me, it's like you obviously have to do your homework, but like that he's by far the best player. I think he has the highest floor out of anybody in this draft as well you know there's i think the two through five you know evan mobley is good and all that but you know there's there's some guys that you know might not has have as great of careers as people think so i think Cade is definitely a really safe pick while also having very very high upside so my my assumption is your grade with this pick is uh a a, 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 a plus a. a you know just keep it well a. you you make the scale don't look at me we'll like a we'll keep it at a Sounds good. Now, uh, the Houston Rockets are actually trading the second overall pick for three future second round picks that are uh, top 58 protected and conditionally will will go to the the LA Lakers. So the LA Lakers are actually picking here at number two. No, I'm kidding. All right, Asa, have your moment. You bitched about it for weeks, so you get the Rockets pick at number two. Go ahead. Okay, I didn't bitch about anything. I was constantly attacked (laughs) and forced to defend myself by you and all you Laker fucks. So... Let's just let's Someone's just let the, let the listener please be aware that, that is a true statement. Okay, listener, also be aware that he clearly got defensive, as in he's upset. You have your number got, two pick. I, what do you I got attacked? I'm human. <laughs> I, I I like my team, man. What do you want me to Fair say? Enough. Well, well, make, then make, let me make, make it known now. I said I love you greatly. Make your number two pick, please. Thanks, I love you too. And with the second pick, the Houston Rockets are selecting Jalen Green from the G League Ignite team. So yeah, with this, that. I. So I had an internal debate with this. The reason why I think Shaban and I agreed on, on Jalen Green, um, I think one of the big factors was the fact that Evan Mobley didn't work out with the Rockets. Uh, he did not come in for a workout. And so I think that kind of limited, maybe limited the options. And that's why I think they're going to take Jalen Green. I mean, he's 
a phenomenal score. He's got that Zach Levine, Devin Booker build. Uh, he's a freak athlete. He's going to get, he's going to average 25 to 30 points in the league. And I'm fairly confident about that. Yeah. But the real question is, will he average it with the Rockets? <laughs> At least for the first four years. And then if we don't do anything with him, then he'll probably leave and go somewhere else like James Harden. And then I'll be sad again. And we'll have this conversation in like three years. <laughs> oh my God. That's pretty right, dark. Fun. How do you feel about this pick? Um, I, I think it's a, a B, you know, I mean, I think there's like, two or three players that you can go with at number two, um, you know, and honestly, I don't like, just because I, I think Jalen green does have the highest upside out of anybody beside Kate Cunningham, just because of the athleticism. And, you know, I think like, like micro skills, like the way he jumps and like all that is like very similar to Jordan. And um, I think that is just like a very big factor. He's very, athletic. I'm sorry. You said Jordan, like you're talking yeah, Jordan like, Clarkson, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson from the Utah jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Former Laker. Michael Jordan, yes, MJ. I'm not saying he's going to be him, but I'm saying his athleticism, the way he jumps, like the way his like, all those little skills, they are very similar to Michael Jordan. Um, and so, and, you know, he has scoring ability. You know, he's shown that in the uh, G League bubble. So, I think it's a, I think it's a solid pick. Um, you know, I'll give it a B. So the third pick goes to um, who's getting the third pick, guys? Am I Cleveland. messing this up? Cleveland, yes, Cleveland. The reason why I'm so confused is because there's apparently rumors of all hell that Cleveland may or may not be trading this third overall pick. It's the hotly contested one that at least most of us have read things about. The third overall pick is so damn easy because Houston somehow did not get Mobley in the building. Mobley, as Irfan, funny enough, we have talked about, you, me, and Kays have talked about, is one my favorite player in this draft. I love Evan Mobley. I think he's going to have a very long NBA career, assuming health. I think he's a very, very, very good basketball player. And and Kays and I feel very good about Evan Mobley going number three here to Cleveland. Even if Cleveland trades this, I think that whoever gets in this position will take Mobley, whether it be OKC or Orlando or whoever it may be that takes gets here number three will take Evan Mobley. This is a no-brainer pick, and Houston's going to cry about it for years to come. Well, I mean, that's how they do things. That's fair. Case, you want to talk about Evan Mobley? Because I know I, I kind of jumped in on this one. I mean, jumped in is kind of an overreach. You just took the pick. <laughs> but no, nah, dude is crazy. He's a true seven-footer that has a pure offensive game, and his athleticism allows him to excel on the defensive end. He's a little compact when it comes to size. He's tall, but he's also skinny as fuck. At seven foot, 215, he might have some trouble with bigger bigs. I felt weird to say in the NBA, but his athleticism and defensive IQ will definitely keep him on the floor. I think he might be arguably the best player to come immediately out of the draft. Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham might need some time to kind of figure shit out, but I think Evan Mobley at his size with his skill set should be an immediate impact. Cleveland's going to win 18 games instead of 15 games because of Evan Mobley. Don't hey, get me wrong. I love Evan, but Cleveland. That's a positive. God. That's huge. That's huge for the win shares for Evan Mobley. <laughs> so then this must be an A grade then, Irfan, yeah? I think I think it's like a B plus. I just think the reason why it's a B plus is because now they're going to have to get rid of you know a guy like Jared Allen. Um, Are they, they though? Really need Are to. they? Could they not play the two together? I don't think you could play two together. No, you could play two, especially not like for like the next year or two until Evan Mobley, you know, develops that consistent like 
three-pointer, right? At least even from the corners. Like, Jared Allen's not, like, a floor spacer at all. Sure. He's just a lob threat. So, I, I don't think you have that much spacing. So, now, I mean, Jared Allen come off the bench, but you're going to pay somebody like that $14, $16 million, you know? So, I think for that reason, I give it a B plus. I think he's a very good player. I think he has a second highest floor in this draft. Um, so, he's just going to be, like, a very solid. I'm curious to see how he turns out offensively, just depending on how his uh, shot goes. But know how it develops but i think that like his free throw percentage is pretty solid for a big so i think that um that is good for the future for him in the shooting well if it's a b plus talk to me is there another player here for cleveland specifically that you might like i mean if jalen green falls there then yes because i think they need a two guard i think playing garland and sexton together that's not very you know that that's not two very good defenders so i think jalen green can be a solid defender just because he's so athletic and once he puts some weight on, uh, but I do think that, you know, Jalen Green would be a great fit here just because he could play that two position with Colin Sexton, you know, Darius Garland, maybe they can move on from him or maybe they move on from Colin Sexton you know, and put Darius Garland with the one. So now you have options. Um, and I think that Colin Sexton would lead to more uh, with a trade than Jared Allen. Would. Yeah. So. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Fourth overall pick Toronto Raptors who plan to hopefully not be here again for quite some time. Yeah, so we went in with the assumption that Kyle Lowry has pretty much has one foot out the door in Toronto at this point. So now the Toronto Raptors are looking for a new primary option. And with the next best player in the class, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, we're taking Jalen Suggs, point guard from Gonzaga. Uh, I think this is probably one of Kay's most favorite players. Uh, Jalen Suggs is probably the, uh, the smartest uh, probably has the best basketball IQ in the entire draft. He has uh, probably he has like inc- insanely good court vision. He is a true floor general. He has uh, a tremendous feel for the game. And the Raptors they have a really good like on paper they have a really good team. Fran Van Fleet is a legit starting shooting guard. Uh, Pascal Siakam has struggled this year, but he like he has a potential to be productive on both ends of the floor. OG Ananobi is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Gary Trent Jr., who they just got, is an elite shooter, but they need like someone who can be the guy for them. Uh, Pascal Siakam tried to be the guy for them last season, didn't really work out. So now they need someone who can uh, guide this team with a steady hand. Uh, I feel like it's a no-brainer that they take Jalen Suggs number four overall. I would give this pick, I would give it a B just because I think that Jalen's, and I think that uh, Earl Watson is going to be huge. I I just saw he got signed with uh, Toronto as an assistant coach. And that's, you saw what he did with Devin Booker. And it's not like all him, you know, but just having that guy who's been there, done that, especially at a high level, you know, Earl Watson's played with a lot of the best players. Uh, and, you know, passing that knowledge down to Devin Booker, you saw what he did. I think Jalen Suggs is not – I don't know if he's going to be a primary option just because I think his calling card is going to be on defense. He's a very good defender. People have compared him to Drew Holiday. And, you know, Drew Holiday uses so much effort on defense that, like, yeah, he, he, can, he can be a secondary option. But, like, on a, on a playoff team, like, if you're getting bounced out the first round, he's probably your second option. Right. But if he's your first option, you, I don't know if you're making the playoffs offensively. Right. But if he is your first option, you got to have a really good second, third, and fourth option. Pascal Siakam is one of them. I just don't know. Like Fred Van Vliet's another one. I just don't know what they're going to do with Siakam. So 
you know, I think Jalen Suggs is a solid uh, pick. Um, and he has, I think he's going to fit right into that defensive minded uh, team with Nick Nurse. So I think, I think it's a B. I'd give it a B. It feels like Jalen Suggs is a Toronto Raptor kind of player though, right? Like he clearly is like a, he's like a dog and you kind of need a dog in Toronto. They're missing, they're going to lose their big dog here with Kyle Lowry. So it feels like a, a natural succession to have a guy like Jalen Suggs join the ranks in Toronto. I think he's going to be a great fit. It would be great. It would be great if Kyle Lowry stayed like one or two years and he was uh, his protege. Oh, that would be great for Jalen Suggs because, you know, now you're learning from Fred Van Vliet, who's, I mean, he's incredible and, you know, his story is incredible, but he's not the same as Kyle Lowry, you know? Yeah, uh, that's fair. So. But like, you didn't, you didn't read the, uh, the web and breaking news, uh, Kyle Lowry signing with the Lakers on a minimum deal. You didn't hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, a man can dream. Let me dream a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we got no money and no assets, but we think every player in the world is coming to LA. I'm cool with that. I got LeBron and AD. Jared Dudley is a king. Okay. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep your king brown. All right. I love you, Jared. We're going to get him on the podcast one day. Pick number five. K's take this one. Orlando Magic on the clock. They're going to take Scotty Barnes. And I talked heavily about Evan Mobley. So I'm going to let Safe talk about Scotty Barnes. Oh, you're going to let me talk about Scotty Barnes. Okay. So here's the thing, right? Orlando has a history of, of making the wrong pick. And if Orlando does that, they look, they got a new GM. Now they have a new head coach. They could potentially make the right pick. And the right pick is Scotty Barnes. The wrong pick is Jonathan Kaminga. And that's who I think they're going to end up picking, Jonathan Kaminga here at number five. But I really, really hope they pick Scotty Barnes. Jonathan Kaminga is like every other player the Magic have drafted for quite some time. He is a project. He is a project player that requires patience. And a lot of the time that doesn't work out. That could be the likes of Cole Anthony or Markel Fultz or Jonathan Isaac, who's been a project, or Mo Bamba, who's been a project, or Aaron Gordon, who was a project that didn't work out and they traded. Orlando's a history of picking the wrong guy and then they don't work out. So hopefully they leave Jonathan Kaminga the hell alone. And they take Scotty Barnes, who I think is a much more NBA ready, but more really less projecty player. He can fit into the system. And, um, They've got like three guards there. They've got RJ Hampton. They've got Cole Anthony. They've got Markel Fultz when he gets back from the injury. They just traded Aaron Gordon and they got a bunch of centers, right? They got Wendell Carter. They've got, um, what's his face? Mo Bamba as well. So they would rather build on their wing depth. Jonathan Isaac will be coming back at some point with the torn ACL. And then they don't really have somebody that's ultra convincing in the wing. Scotty Barnes is that guy. He's a really good defender. He can play make. He is a good rebounder. He's a good on and off ball defender. Overall, he's got some work to do from the three-point line. He definitely needs to work on his shot. But I do like his fit in Orlando because I feel like he can be a steady player, which Orlando can clearly use because the project thing is just a bad way to go. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't take the best player available in Orlando because they don't have anybody that they should be like, oh, we got to keep this stopgap available. You don't look at a team like that and go, this guy is promising. But um, but I like Scotty Barnes because I think he's just less of a project and less chances to fuck it up. I'm going to go with a B minus on that uh, because I think that Scotty Barnes, obviously he's very good defensively. I just don't think he has as high of upside offensively and he's not going to be like a first, second or probably third option. He's not that type of player. He's more, you know, people have heard Draymond Green. I think it's, I mean, it's tough to compare. Like I, I think I did that too. It's obviously tough to compare something like that to Draymond Green. I mean, two, three time champion, I think it's right? <laughs> just like, yeah, his defensive IQ is great, but like, 
Orlando needs wing players, like you said, but they need a score. They don't have a score on the wing. I don't know if Scotty Barnes can be that score. I think Jonathan Kaminga has that scoring potential. He showed it in the bubble, and I think he has defensive ability, maybe not as much as Scotty Barnes, but I think he closes that gap a little bit with his offense. So I think that Kaminga, for the fit of the team, would be better. And I think he has a higher ceiling. I think Scotty Barnes is going to be very solid. I think, you know, but all it depends on his shot. So then um, do me a favor, Irfan. I agree yeah. with you. You heard my analysis on, on yeah. the Kaminga Barnes debate. Give me a percentage chance, just off the top of your head, that Orlando's gonna fuck up Scotty Barnes as a player versus fucking up Kaminga as a player. We know what Orlando does. We know what they're known for. Mo Bamba was like supposed to be something godly, and he doesn't even get minutes on the court yet. Yeah, Markel Fultz was a reclamation project that has yet to work out, and then unfortunately towards ACL. But he was better. But come on, yeah. let's be honest here. Orlando players go, projects go to then be failed. But who's Kaminga is that score? guy? Thinking about who's going to score for the Magic, right? They need a long term. Like in the first few years, I think Scotty Barnes would be better. But if Kaminga does reach 70, 80th percentile of like what he's going if, to become, if Orlando, if, but but then but but what is Scotty Barnes if he gets to 70, 80 percent? You know That's what I'm fair. saying? So I feel like that there's like higher upside, but there's also a way to with a like the floor is low, higher floor. Yes, you have to think about that. But it's like when you're playing like that, and you need talent and you need scoring depth, right? Kaminga would be that pick in my in my opinion. That's Uh, not not saying that Scotty Barnes is not going to be great, but because I just don't think he would fit in that team as well as he would another place. The team of uh, misfit toys. Pick number six, Oklahoma City Thunder. Before you guys make this pick, what what is the percent chance you guys think they trade out of this pick and either go up or down or something of some sort? Because they have a god, they have a million picks and they can't make them all over the next eight years. I think the <clears throat> out of the four teams of of you know the, the out of the top four, the one that's most likely to get rid of their pick, I think would probably be Cleveland. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So if 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 OKC can convince Cleveland, like, hey, we'll give you we'll give you the six. And throw in, you know, two of our thirty thousand first round picks that we have for the next seven or eight years. Um, let's go get Mobley, or let's go get Suggs, or whoever, you know, probably Mobley for for OKC. So that's, I think, that's the the most likely shot of that trade happening. Okay, now make your pick. I just wanted to know if you thought it was a possibility because I feel like it definitely is a possibility. No, it, it definitely is one hundred percent. I agree with you. And uh, you guys. Shaban and I had talked about this and we predicted that you guys would be debating Kuminga and Barnes at five. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you guys would take or who goes at five, we would take at six for OKC. And so since yeah. you guys took Scotty um, and we had Kuminga as our, we had Kuminga as the better pick between them, two of them also. And I think you guys touched on it. Irfan talked about it as well. I think the scoring part uh, gives Kuminga the boost over, over Scotty Barnes. Uh, and also I think the, the, the G league experience also helps too. Like, you know, playing against NBA guys and guys who have been in the league and been around the league for a long time is valuable experience. Um, and not sure how much of that experience Scotty Barnes really got at FSU. So for that reason, I think OKC will take will take Kuminga. And in terms of kind of what say if your point about the projects, OKC is pretty good at developing their projects. I mean, you've seen Lou Dort. Uh, they're really high on Maladon, Pokashevsky, like all these guys that you know they've they're they're not in a super rush right now right they're they're taking their time they're developing they're trying to find the diamond in the rough uh and so this is just another another avenue for them to explore and 
who knows, maybe Kaminga becomes, you know, Jalen Brown. So it's <laughs> like a little bit taller, longer Jalen Brown. So, so Kays and I made your picks as well to hopefully predict our picks better. And so for OKC, Kays and I both hoped you'd take Kaminga because yes, he is a project. And yes, I trust OKC significantly more than I trust the Orlando Magic to properly develop a project based on history alone. Irfan, what are your thoughts, man? Kaminga, yeah, OKC. Like, yeah, like the new regime you're talking about. Like, you don't know if things are going to be different. So That's I don't fair. know if I can start. I guess, you know, maybe the Magic, you know, in your mind have a history mm-hmm. for messing things up. But I think it's a lot to do with injuries, too. When you think about it, like Jonathan Isaac got hurt, right? Like Markel Fultz. He's, they got him as a project. They got him really cheap. When you think about it, like, yeah, it was worth it. Is like even like half as good as people thought he would be. That was like a knockout of the park trade, right? Because you're getting somebody that's so talented. It's just like, he has to deal with the mental side of the game. So I think a lot of injuries, I think Wendell Carter's a good fit for them just because he uh, fits their timeline. He fits exactly what they need, right? Lucevic was probably like, oh, I'm trying to win, you know, whereas they can build this team with Wendell Carter. Um, so OKC Kaminga. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, I think OKC Kaminga, I think that's a, I mean, I, I would give that an A. I would give that an A and I would put that slightly like above Cade's pick because I think Kaminga at six, like you said, they developed their projects really, really well. I think him and playing alongside somebody that, you know, can create form and shake good as Alexander and then somebody that can defend with Lou Dort. They have like the right. They have Kimball Walker too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's we'll just see. like I, I, don't, I don't know if Campbell Walker is going to stay there either. Though. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like mm-hmm. he's probably out. You know, like he doesn't want to mm-hmm. sit out in OKC. But you never know. I mean, Chris Paul. That's all we thought with Chris Paul, and then he stayed and did amazing things. So I, I would give it an A, and I would put it honestly this far as the best pick. Okay. Yep. Number seven, the Golden State Warriors. So the Warriors are in a slightly different position than literally every other team above them so far. With hopefully Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, Wiggins back next year and hopefully healthy, this is a team that could immediately vault in, con- into NBA championship contention. The biggest flaw with this team, in my opinion, in Case's opinion, is that once they lost to Gudala and they lost Livingston off of those runs to the NBA championship, um, they lost a lot of their benched depth and scoring. And that's what they really need. When those guys take a break, the main guys, they needed guys to help score and facilitate offense. Um, and so we thought that a player that would be very helpful to them is a more NBA-ready player, a guy who can contribute tomorrow. So, Kays, I'm going to give it to you, but I wanted to kind of set it up for what we, with a thought process that was going into this pick for, for the uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, you're high on this, dude. Why don't you make the pick? No, no, no. You make it. I've made too many picks. I've already talked too much. All right. So we're going to take James Booknight. He's a combo guard. And you know what? A lot of people said the Thunder were going to take him at six, but we knew he'd fall. Some of us more than others. I had the Thunder taking Booknight, but with what he's capable of doing, especially off the bench and learning from Steph and Clay. I think with the skill set he's bringing, he's already got comms to SGA and a little bit of CJ McCollum from what I read online. And that coming off the bench is insane. Just imagine, oh, Steph and Clay sit down, but you have this motherfucker coming off the bench. Like, I think it's great. I know Irfan might have a little bit of disagreement with me. I can see it. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, no, I think I, I mean, it's a solid pick. Um, 
I think I would give it a B just because uh, actually a B minus just because I think that like they they're trying to win like now, you know what I'm saying? I think James Booknight can be a great player and he's a scorer, but like he doesn't really offer much besides scoring. Right. And I think they already have, once Clay comes back, they'll have that secondary score. Maybe they can sign somebody, um, you know, I mean, they still have Andrew Wiggins. They, you know, he's a, maybe a trade piece for something like smaller, you know, it doesn't need to be like a superstar. It could be like, you know, a third, fourth option. Um, I just think there's, there's a few better players out there than him. Um, so that's why I gave it a B minus, especially enough. for that fit as well. So there's a few better players out there for that fit. Fair enough. Yeah. I think the one of the players you're probably referring to and correct me if I'm wrong is Davion Mitchell. No, I'm actually not. Oh, okay. Well, good enough. Good. Um, I think, I think I like James Booknight a lot because I think like Kay's referred to that spark plug off the bench, they need bench scoring and they need it badly. And they showed us this year, Clayback, you're right. will help. But Booknight is fun. Um, pick number eight. We're back with the magic. Shabon. Yeah. So, uh, we actually originally had James Booknight at uh, going to Orlando, but uh, but we we also realized that uh, we we originally picked Booknight just because of the uh, reasons you guys said, but we also assessed that the Orlando Magic desperately need shooting. Uh, they are one of the worst three point shooting teams in the la- like in this uh, in the league this past season, uh, the second to last offensive rating. Uh, there was no one like all, pretty much all of their uh, good three point shooters are gone now. Uh, Aaron Gordon was a 37 uh, percent three point shooter. Evan Fournier was a 39 percent three point shooter. Nikola Vucevic was a 40 percent three point shooter. They're all gone now. Uh, so now they need somebody who can come in, fill that void on the wing, and provide some offense from the perimeter. And we figured that guy was Davion Mitchell. Uh, Davion Mitchell at eight. Yeah. So we decided to, we decided to elevate Davion Mitchell a lot just because he is just an incredibly efficient scorer. He had the third highest uh, effective field goal percentage among like the power five guards. He's uh, an elite shooter. Uh, this past season, he hit over 45% from the three point range. And he showed a lot of growth, especially uh, in March Madness and winning the title for Baylor. So that's why we went with uh, Davion Mitchell. I'm, I'm very happy with your pick. <laughs> but uh, I don't like it. I'm just happy I'm that confused. you didn't take who we wanted because we want someone else in the next pick. Irfan, you want to talk about Davion Mitchell and the Orlando Magic yeah, pick? No, I, think, uh, I think Davion Mitchell is a very solid player. I think he showed – he rose his stock a lot, like towards the end of the year and then obviously into March Madness – uh, and playing with another really good guard and Jared Butler and then another really good guard, Macy Oteague. So like those players, like playing with other good guards, obviously I feel like you're going to be boosted up a little bit. Um, but I would give it a C um, just because I think that there are better players out there. And I think that you already have as a team, you already have um, like wing, uh, sorry, not wing scoring. You have like guards that can uh, score like Markel Fultz. You have RJ Hampton, who's like a guard who can score or you hope, that can score. Um, so again, I would have gone with another pick here just because I think Davion Mitchell is also a little bit older. Yeah, you, said, you said he shot 45%, but the last few years he shot, you know, I think not higher than 35% and he's been like a 65% uh, free throw shooter. So, you know, that's not, he had, he might've had an outlier year and I think he maybe boosted his way into, uh, you know, 
the higher higher end of the lottery. So, pick number nine. Let me introduce this one. Please, please. I know Safe wants to talk about him, so I will tell you who the Kings are going to take. The Kings are going to take Franz Wagner. And Safe, take it away. So, I thought you guys were going to take Franz Wagner for the Magic. Uh, I thought he was a really good fit with his shooting and and size and and his overall offense, which is why we actually took um, Scotty Barnes earlier with, you know, five or whatever, because we were going to take Franz. We thought you guys would take Franz Wagner. Um, and it would solve kind of two problems that I thought that they had um, that Irfan kind of touched on when we talked about Scotty Barnes. Um, but this is a steal. I love Franz Wagner. I love him here for Sacramento. Sacramento clearly needs better shooting and more consistent shooting. He is one of the best three-point shooters in the draft. Um, he's also quite large, and he's a generally decent playmaker. More so, he he's not a ball stopper. I wouldn't say playmaker. He helps move the ball quicker. And, and with having De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton on that team kind of shows me they want to move the ball and they want to move it quickly. And Franz Wagner is one of those guys who can kind of help the flow of the offense continue. Um, this pick is with the understanding and assumption that Rashawn Holmes will be re-signed. If they don't re-sign Rashawn Holmes, I could absolutely see them going after a center of some sort um, because, well, then they wouldn't have really have one, but Assuming they keep Rashawn Holmes, and I think that is what they hope to do. Um, Franz Wagner, I think, is the right pick here for Sacramento. I love him in Sacramento. I think he's going to be a great player. And it also, by the way, allows them to potentially do what they wanted to do last year and shop Harrison Barnes once again because he can fill in that four spot at 6'9". He's a little undersized at 220, but for his play style, I think he'll be just fine. I mean, I like this pick a lot. I think think it's a B-plus just because... I think that he has very – I think one thing he's going to bring to the, the Kings, what they really, really need is some defensive ability. I, I think a lot of those guys, you know, I don't know if it's because they can't defend because they spend so much time, you know, and energy on offense, you know, trying to create. I think the biggest thing for Franz Wagner is that he's going to bring a defensive-minded, um, especially coming from Michigan, Juwan Howard. Like, he's a really good team defender, and he's also a very solid, you know – positional defender he can stay in front of guys like threes fours you know i don't know if the top end like top tier threes obviously like the paul george's Kawhi leonard's but the lower tier threes he can stay in front of and he presents a matchup problem for fours you know so it depends on what they do with marvin bagley i'm interested to see that but i think franz wagner and marvin bagley can potentially play the four five in a mm-hmm. small ball lineup um depending on how much you know bagley and you know contributes on the defensive end so also sacramento like- please fire luke walton please that needed to be done How like does two he years still ago. Still have a job. <laughs> or actually, you know what? Keep Luke Walton because Buddy <clears throat> hate Buddy Heald hates him, and maybe we'll get Buddy Heald on the Lakers. Who knows? It's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> um, pick number ten, which was supposed to be the New Orleans Pelicans, and then uh, Woj dropped the bomb on us today. Thankfully, with enough time for Shaban and Asad to adjust. So the Memphis Grizzlies are picking here at number ten now, and my assumption is you guys had to adjust your pick, but I'm interested to hear it because I can't imagine the frenzy you guys must have been in the last couple hours. Yeah, this one was an interesting one. Uh, we have a pick, but <laughs> I don't know how convinced I am on it, Shaban. I don't know how convinced you are on it, but we can kind of go over the trade and what happened and then kind of go into what our our, our pick was. So uh, Memphis sent Jonas Valanciunas and the 17 and 51 pick for this year's draft to New Orleans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and this year's 10 the 10th pick and the number 40 pick and a protected 2022 first round pick that they got from the Lakers. 
So I was surprised by this one. I did not see see this one coming, uh, especially for Memphis, just because I thought that Jonas looked really good for Memphis and it was a great fit and they had they they played very well together. Uh, but clearly Memphis must really like someone at 10 and or higher that they may be trying to use this 10th pick as more leverage to get a higher pick uh, in the lottery, which is why they were willing to give up Jonas and take on um, an older Steven Adams, who's not, you know, doesn't do as many of the things that as Jonas can do uh, and taking on Bledsoe, who's probably not going to stay on the, the Grizzlies. Hey, I don't know if you've seen his workout videos, but Steven Adams is developing the three ball. But yeah. so is everybody. Clint's, Clint's out here shooting threes. Ben Simmons shoots threes in pickup yeah. games. Dwight Howard shoot threes, threes back in the day, if y'all remember. All those uh, workout cool. vids. All that school was going. Like Look, Jack, Ben Jared Simmons Allen. can't hit a layup. Fuck a three pointer. So, so <laughs> all I'm hearing is you don't love your pick here at number ten. But who is your pick at number ten? So our pick here uh, at number ten is going to be Moses Moody from Arkansas uh, at six six two oh five. Uh, he's a terrific shooter, shot 37% from three, uh, great rebounder, great defender, a three, you know, a three and D prototype player. So looking at, you know, similar to like Mikal Bridges, OG and Anobi, that kind of build. And I mean, this is the, the NBA, right? So that everybody can use a wing. Uh, and I think Memphis is no different, uh, you know, adding another wing to, to their, you know, to their roster is only going to be beneficial in the long run. And so that's why we we had we had Moses Moody at, at ten. Yeah, and mostly like Memphis was a if they do decide to go with Moses Moses Moody, uh, he would really help bolster their defense and like how uh, like how Memphis was one of the best defenses in the league this past season. He could really like his versatility on the defensive end could really help bolster that, and also he can provide offense on the other end as well, similar to like a Mikhail Bridges. Uh, or Robert Covington uh, sort of archetype there for Memphis uh, allow and also allow Jaron Jackson Jr. to be a little bit more fluid in how he plays at the four. All right. So I'm going to give that a C plus just because I think that there are some better players on the board. I think that Moses Moody is a solid player. He's going to be, you know, decent. He's a good scorer, but I think the one thing is the Grizzlies have a lot of wing depth when you think about Desmond Bain who just they just drafted and they're really high on he shot 40 plus percent from three like 45 I think um they have uh Dylan Brooks or they have DeAnthony Melton they got slow-mo slow-mo exactly some but he's he plays that like four position so I so much don't like I don't like slow-mo um I I love slow-mo slow-mo's slow-mo's the man yeah everyone's worked out with slow-mo that's why no because I ain't worked out with him (laughs) he probably a sniper though just like all these guys but I think that, like, I think there are some better players on the board, and I think that they need a playmaker. Like, they need a secondary playmaker. They don't really have that guy. Like, John Morant is their playmaker, and then who's their next best playmaker? Like, Tyus Jones? Then it's, that's uh, it's obviously the guy who – it's, it's obviously the guy they've never really played in a real basketball game, Justice Winslow. Um, or at least that was their hope for when they traded for Justice Winslow, which still makes me sad. Um, Irvon, obviously – Memphis has to like someone here at number 10. There's no reason why they would take on the money of Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And by the way, give up, like us had said, a legitimately good player of Jonas Valanciunas if they didn't like who they're going to take here at number 10. So you don't love the pick of Moses Moody. I get it. Who do you like better at this pick? 
Uh, I think Josh Giddy would be a very solid Fuck pick. You. Josh, don't take Giddy from me, man. <laughs> Josh Giddy's a very – and I don't think Steven Adams or Eric Bledsoe I – mean, Eric Bledsoe might be there. I don't think Steven Adams will be there because I think they need a backup point guard. I think they'll find something cheaper. Or maybe I think Steven Adams' contract ends this year, so it's expiring Steven contract. Adams it contract. Steven Adams' contract starts this year. Starts this year. Oh, you re-signed another one. <laughs> he signed the extension <laughs> when he got <laughs> traded to New Orleans. That's why I said they're taking on a lot more money than you think. With yeah. this what was it, three yeah. years, 51 mil? They have to love whoever's at number 10 because they're taking on a lot of money with Steven Adams. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're going to buy him out and maybe just prepare for the future. Maybe keep him for like six months and try to trade him at the trading deadline for a team that needs a big Can I, uh, can I just, option. can I just tell you what Steven Adams, um, I actually, you know what? I lied. I don't have, can I tell you, do you have it in front of you? Uh, his contract he's, is. Yeah, he's looked it up. It's four years, hundred million dollars. Yep. Ends this year. Yeah, and then he signed a two-year, thirty-six million dollar extension. So seventeen in twenty twenty-one, twenty-two, and seventeen point nine. So eighteen and twenty-two, twenty-three. Um, so he signed that two-year extension on top of it. So he's just like seventeen million bucks, which is kind yeah. of a lot of money for a Stephen Adams type in the NBA nowadays. Um, yeah. number pick number. What are we on? Eleven. We've got the Charlotte Hornets on the board. Kaze and I actually went in the same direction, but different players in this pick. And I think we finally came to a conclusion. I think that LaMelo Ball has been so influential in how they hope to go forward in playing the style of basketball in which they do. And I don't believe that Cody Zeller is a viable option at center. Is it Cody Zeller? That's, it's one of the Zeller brothers that, that starts it's, at center. It's Cody. For it's Cody. Yeah. Cody. So I wanted to go in a different direction. And so we did. We've gone with our boy Alpern Sengun from Besiktas. He's Turkish. Um, here's what I like about him. <clears throat> One, he is able to help playmake and continue the movement of the ball. I think they want to play fast and a little more fluid. I don't think he's fast, but I do believe he's fluid. He gives me um, like a Sabonis Jokic, or not Jokic, sorry, Sabonis Vucevic type. That's, our, that's his draft comps, by the way, too. Um, he's a good shooter. He can shoot from deep. He's 18 years old. He's 6'10. He's 240. You know, he scored 20 points a game. Um, and, and he's got he's up 1.7 blocks in the other league. He was that he the played. MVP last year. Yeah, he's a very good player. He's a good replacement at center. I like him a lot, and I think he fits into Charlotte a little bit better. I know that they do like playing um PJ Washington as a small ball center, and they may continue to do that, but when they want to run a center who they can throw the ball to and can kind of help create offense and keep the ball moving. I think Alpern Sengun is a really, really good fit for them. And, and there's a couple other guys that Kays and I liked, but we're going to hold off on talking about them because we may or may not take them a little bit later in the draft, but well, actually, no, I, I'm, I'm okay. Kays, you're cool. We have one more pick. Yeah. We, we like Alpern Sengun. And then we also like Usman Garuba um, as well here for Charlotte he would have to play more of a four and not a five. And that would be a small ball center with PJ Washington at the five kind of situation, but he's a really, really, really good defender. And that's why we like him a lot over there. Honestly, I think he has a better chance to play the center position because he's like more girthy than, than somebody like PJ Washington. So I don't think you want PJ Washington to bang because now he has, I mean, he's a floor spacer. So that takes away a lot. I mean, it takes a lot of energy. Right. Well, Google is like a, a group is definitely a better playmaker coming off like rolls and short rolls and stuff like that. So, you know, he's shown a lot of promise. He's a really good defender. So you bolster up your defense, you know, he can run, he's versatile. And I think, you know, playing the way they do, like you said, 
they want somebody. I, I like Garuba honestly more than I like Sengun at this pick. Like we're, we're, going, we're going with yeah, Sengun like though, so I want my We're draft. going with Sengun. I like the fit more. No, no, I said no, no. I like Garuba more. I like the fit of Garuba more than I like with Sengun. Ah, uh, fair. But we were taking Sengun with this pick yeah, because I think so offensively he's a better player overall than Garuba. Yeah. Um, and so grade grade us. Sengun, I, I'll give Sengun. I think it, I think it's a B just because I think I don't know how good he's going to be defensively, and I think that yeah, that's fair. is what the Hornets like. He, he's a great offensive player, but like if you watch some of his defense, like he struggles. Yeah, he yeah. can't. They can't he move. just can't move his feet. Oh, exactly. That's a big, and that's like one of the biggest things. Whereas somebody like Garuba, he can, right? He can bang. Right, but he doesn't have. How do you feel offense. about Kai Jones? He doesn't have that offensive. Uh, what did you say? Kai Jones. How do you feel Kai about Jones. him? I, I mean, he's just. I think he has like potential. Just be, like obviously all these videos and stuff, but he has that athleticism. I think the biggest thing is like you have to see these guys and where they land, right? Like if they don't land in a spot where like it doesn't make any sense, like you don't have a playmaker, right? Then somebody like that's going to struggle. Like Mitchell Robinson, for example, like he didn't have a playmaker, so he struggled. Right. And he was hurt this past year, but like even the year before that, he got a little chubby, right? Like all those <laughs> things matter. So it's just like where you're going and then like the pressure of New York. So there's like so many like things that matter. So I wouldn't, I don't know if I would necessarily say, I would be able to say, um, you know. So, so as you can tell, there are three names that Kays and I discussed for Charlotte and we, we settled on Alpern um, yeah. because I think his offensive game and his fluid, fluid ability on the offensive side of the ball is what Lamelo specifically would really benefit from. Just yeah. having another guy who can help keep the ball moving, like a Gore, uh, like a Gordon Hayward as well. And what separates you from a place like you know, I'm not knocking Sacramento at all, but like a place like Sacramento where like they're trying to play up and down as well. But like, who's going to play defense? Right, like Lamelo Ball, like he's a playmaker, right? Mm-hmm. Sengun, playmaker on offense relative to his position, can score, but like, who's going to play defense? Right, they That's don't. Fair. Like, they, they just don't have like that yet. And I think they're going to build from that. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. So I'll take, I'll take my B case and I will take our B and we'll so, put it in our lunchbox and we'll go to pick number 12 for for the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> All right. So for San Antonio Spurs, uh, you know, elephant in the room, DeMar DeRozan is probably going to be on his way out and they minimum also contract just, to the Lakers, baby. And, uh, or minimum contract to the Mavericks, you know, uh, but y'all have that. money. You can offer more. Yeah, I'm not gonna sign for less. Yeah, and, and Demar Derozan is not white. Come on, you guys. Marion <laughs> Mavs. So, in this change. Neither, neither is Tim Hardaway Jr. We're gonna re-sign him probably. Uh, yeah. that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. But <laughs> but in any case, in any case, uh, the Spurs still have like some of the, one of the best like young uh, cores in the NBA. Uh, they have like they hunt, they have Dehunte Murray, Keldon Johnson has really emerged as a uh, very good young prospect. Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Devin Devin Vassell. Shout out to Devin Vassell from PC Ridge. Uh, but uh, Greg Popovich is has kind of to run the scheme that benefits Demar Derozan and the way he plays a lot, uh, just taking a lot of mid range jump shots. I think that. They need to focus a little bit more on, uh, like spacing the floor a little bit more effectively, and also trying to run a more like run and gun modern offense. You know, the kind of like the direction they should have been moving towards uh, in the beginning. Right now, they don't have a lot of options that can uh, provide that. So for San Antonio, we picked Kai Jones. Uh, Kyle Jones is super athletic, big. He is he can grab rebounds like nobody's business. Uh, 
he gets like comparisons to JaVale McGee and Christian Wood. Uh, and it shows those are two very opposite end right? comparisons. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, that's very different. <laughs> yeah. Like, and uh, I've always, I've also seen like Jackson Hayes as well, uh, just because of his freak athleticism. Uh, he's able to like, he's able to hit the space of floor pretty well. Like last season, he hit like 38% from uh, three point range. And he's also able to like uh, bang down low, uh, bang down low, and be able to uh, run the pick and roll uh, very effectively. And that's something that uh, that's something that San Antonio really needs. They really need a burst of athleticism, and they need some they need some muscle to go in. They get killed on the rebounds every night. Uh, they they don't get a lot of uh, they don't get a lot of block shots, uh, and they don't have a lot of presence in there, minus Jakob Pertl. Uh, so I feel so we felt that Kai Jones would be the best pick here. Before Irfan, before you go, I just wanted to ask Shabon a question because I think it's going to blow your mind if you didn't already know. How old is Derek White? Derek White? He you said he like was. He's... You said he was a part of the young core. How old is Derek White? I'm ready to blow like... your mind. Uh, he looks like he's 40, but I think he's like. 20 i think he's like tw- like mid to late the mid 20s i think he's like 25 26 I think he's 28 he's 27 years old Derek white is 27 Derek white is not young he is should be in the prime of his career which by the way he's a very good basketball player but uh but it wouldn't shock me if san antonio decided to pick up the phone and try something with him but yeah irfan they're going kai jones what are your thoughts i think kai jones is a solid player i think he's going to be solid but i think it's a bit of a reach just because i think the spurs have a few more th- I think the bigs are like finding a quality big like there's not a many teams that have guys that can bang like that Jokic you're in beads so like you don't really need to have a player for that it's hard to find shooting it's shooting is very expensive in the NBA as you can see with like contracts like Joe Harris Doug McDermott all those guys so I think they need shooting like they I think they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league they might have had a decent percentage but they didn't get up many shots right and like if you're not shooting threes now if you're like at the bottom it doesn't really, you know, it's not really good. It's not a good recipe for winning. So I think that, you know, while Kai Jones is, you know, he might be good, right? Like there's not really, DeJounte Murray's a solid playmaker, but like they don't really have any, you know, playmaking. Keldon Johnson's not like, he plays off the ball. He's not a, really a playmaker. So I think they, they need playmaker and they need playmaking and they need shooting. So I think one of those two options would have been a better um, I mean. If they convince Patty Mills that he's playing for Australia every game, they might get the shooting there. <laughs> I mean, for real, man. Patty Mills looks so much better in an Australian jersey. Pick number 13. Gaze, this might be one of our favorite you picks. You saw what I did. <laughs> this, is, this is one of our – so the Indiana Pacers are picking here at pick number 13. Indiana is a weird basketball team because they actually have the opposite problem as a lot of NBA teams. Right now, there are a lot of good – really good and just quality point guards in the NBA. And a lot of teams have a bunch of them. Indiana is kind of the opposite. They've got Malcolm Brogdon, who obviously we like and respect, and obviously he's a good basketball player. Um, but they really have more of a log jam in the bigs with uh, Jakar Sampson, uh, Goga Badatse, who they drafted a couple years ago, and obviously Sabonis and Miles Turner. And then they've got a bunch of wings who can score the basketball in Karis LeVert and TJ Warren. And even Doug McDermott, who's more of a shooting guard and less of a wing. But what they really need is somebody who can kind of handle the ball and play make for them, as well as kind of be a leader 
even if it's second tier to Malcolm Brogdon, who also, by the way, I would kind of prefer at shooting guard for me personally. I think he's a fine point guard. I think he's a better shooting guard because I think he's more of a Drew Holiday type. He's not a playmaker. He's a defender who can score fine, but really I like him on his defensive end uh, and what he brings to the floor. So we picked the white guy, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is the pick here for the Indiana Pacers. He'll fit in perfectly with Indiana. Larry Bird's going to love him. I like Josh Giddy a lot. He's a 6'8 guard coming out of the Australian Basketball League. I believe it's the NBL. He played where LaMelo played in the NBL. 11.4 points per game, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. I like what he can do. He's a very versatile guy. He can do a lot of different things on the court. Um, but more, most importantly, it's the playmaking. I love his playmaking, and I think he's going to help with them a lot in that department because they really do have plenty of scoring. They got they can put the ball in Sabonis's hands or Levert's hands or Warren's hands or even Brogdon's hands or even Turner, who can shoot the ball well. He's not the best scorer, but he's a good scorer, and he's a respectable one at that. They've got enough scoring. And Doug McDermott, by the way, they've got enough scoring. They need someone to help facilitate offense, and I think Josh Giddy is really, really good for that. And by the way, a 6'8 point guard cannot hurt. That sounds awesome in my book. So Josh Giddy, and he's white. He'll fit in Indiana just fine. They love their white guys. Just like Dallas, they love their white guys in Indiana. Josh Giddy. Air fun. Uh, I like this pick just for the reasons you harped on. I thought, why, did I, why did I shock you? Why did you make a shocked face when I said I Josh thought, Giddy? With all that said, you, you were, said the white guy. Uh, I, wasn't, I thought he was going to go with Davion Mitchell just because said on all that. like He already they, got picked. No, when did he get picked? Shabon yeah, picked him. They took him eight. Oh my god! Yeah, but, do, but don't they don't worry. Eight. But don't worry. In our projections, we didn't have. Yeah, he's not going to go. Yeah. Yeah, but we I didn't have like Davion that, Mitchell that, picked yet, and we still didn't pick him. I like Josh Giddy more. You think so? I, I I don't know. I just feel like I mean Josh Giddy. Like, I don't know how like good of a score he's going to be, and so I don't know how big of a threat. Like, obviously he's going to be a great passer. He's going to be a guy you know who can swing the ball, like you said, you described Franz Wagner, like a person that the ball doesn't stop in their hands. Right. But like if you want like a score playmaker, you need that type of player while they do have wings scoring. Right. I think Davion, they need a point guard. Right. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is a point guard. I don't know how good. I mean, I think hypothetically Giddy can play point guard, but like, is he really going to play point guard? You know what I'm saying? Is he going to have the ball in his hands? Like, yes. Buy into the Giddy, buy into the hype. But then you got to be able, like, do you think he's going to be a good enough scorer to do that? Like to have the ball in his hands like that? Because if you're just creating, they're just going to make you beat him. You know, they're going to play two on two pick and one, make him shoot floaters, stuff like that. Like, are you going to be able to do that? Like, I, I, be- I believe in, I believe I have he, faith. I think his offense is, I would not say elite. I think it's passable. I agree that his offense is, could be better. And by the way, he's 18 years old at 680. He absolutely yeah. has the ability to be better a couple yeah. years down the road. They've got a new coach with uh, Sir Rick Carlisle coming in the building. I don't love his ability to, to develop young talent. I've made that known many, many times. I think he's considering more of a Considering he veteran. hired Lloyd Pierce, that's yeah. even worse. He's a he's a veteran <laughs> coach, I think. And so for that reason, I think Sabonis and, and Warren and Brogdon and Lavert and even Turner will be fine. And so maybe for that reason, Giddy isn't the best here, but I really like Giddy. And I think at 18 years old, this guy has legit potential to be really, really good. Plus six, eight can't hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. It's and good growing play, by like, the way. Yeah, you're playing with lineups like that, that have, I mean, when you think about it, Brogdon, six, six, like six, five, six, six, TJ Warren, six, seven, six, eight. So you have guys that can switch now. Like you can switch one through three, one through four. Like it makes it a lot better. You know, whereas Davion Mitchell, he might not have that same capability. Yeah, right? my, so, man, my man, Davion Mitchell is uh, shorter than K's. 
I don't know if that's an exciting prospect. I'm just hey. saying. And by the way, oh look, I, I get where you're coming from with the Davion. Why are you thing. throwing shade at me? No, I'm throwing shade at Davion. You you're <laughs> not an NBA player. It's okay if you're not that tall, but you are that tall. Um, but I, I get the Davion thing being 22 years old does help with the specific Indiana timeline, considering they probably want to be an NBA playoff team next year. That's what I was um, thinking more towards when you said that, because it's like something that can come in right away and he can play make, he can score, especially with they have guys like Doug McDermott, like TJ Warren that can like Doug McDermott, obviously sh- shooter, and then TJ Warren to score. Like they have guys that can score on the wing. So like right. doesn't there's not all the tra- attention is attracted to him. Yeah. Right? And so I think that like now when you're going downhill, something like Davion Mitchell, who's like explosive in that way, I think he has some success because he has very good like pros around him that have been pros for a long time. Right? Yeah. So, I think Josh Giddy's the guy though. Indiana's gonna love Josh Giddy. And by the way, another maybe. reason why I like Josh Giddy here is because I actually. Davion's gone in our mock draft here today, but I think Davion falls to 14 and I think that he'll be the next pick, but he won't be in this case because Shaban has already picked him for another team, which uh, I think is a really good fit, but you guys have number 14 golden state happens to be back on the clock. Shaban, who are you taking or Asad, who are you taking? So this guy, um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, and personal bias is because he played his uh, first two years uh, of college ball at Rice University, which is my alma mater. And for the Warriors, uh, Shabbat and I are going with Trey Murphy, the third. And the reason why we're taking Trey Murphy uh, is I think we, he fits a really big need for the Warriors um, is that solid three and D piece. So for the Warriors, you know, you've got, you've got the scoring. Um, they've got a lot of guards off the bench, but they're what like you know whenever like you said earlier with whenever Steph was off the court their bench struggled heavily and they needed they need scoring and in the case that the Warriors decide to move on from Wiggins and Wiseman if they if a free agent comes or a free agent or if a superstar or other star player is available and they want to use Wiggins as a trade piece you have Trey Murphy who's six eight very capable of being an elite defender can space the floor can come in and fill that role for them. And I think would fit in really, really well with, with the Warriors. And we, we think that, you know, with Trey Murphy there um, and he's got, he's got the build. I look at him and I, when I've watched him play, he really reminds me of DeAndre Hunter. Like that's, that's the guy he had, you know, I, I see kind of coming through there. Um, the Virginia guy too. So, you know, maybe a little bit of bias there, but uh, that's why I think we, we went Trey Murphy. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would give that a B plus. Yeah, I think Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy is going to be a solid player. Like he has, he has not. But the thing, one knock about him, he hasn't played against quality competition his first two years at Rice, right? Obviously, he did really well, but that's a tough jump to make, and you only get one year of seeing that, especially in a COVID shortened year where you know you don't know. Like you have to get into the nitty gritty of like, all right, was it when they played NC State? Who were they missing? Like all those things they matter. Whereas like if you had a few things personally here, I would have gone with Corey Kispert. So I think that like his shooting, like, especially with Clay Thompson, when he's on the bench, right. He could play with Steph. And then when Steph is on, even they probably need a ball handler. Right. But if you have Clay and, and Kispert, right. That's, you know, if you have somebody that can get downhill, I mean, it's, it's all free reign for them because it, you know, they're not helping off either corner. Right. So I think that shooting, you know, Trey Murphy fills, which, why I gave it a B plus and he brings that defensive uh, versatility to them as well. So that wraps up the lottery. 
Um, and quite frankly, we are not experts enough to go past the lottery here on this podcast, which is Irfan, why we have you, because you are our in-house expert. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you expect to go on in the draft post the lottery or even in the lottery, but I think you've done a pretty good job explaining that part to us. Um, who do you like after the first 14 or so picks? Who do you not like? Who do you think the hype is a little, maybe a little too high on even in the first 14 picks? Um, and then talk to me a little bit about maybe who your favorite couple of guys are in the draft. Maybe some that we've already mentioned or some that we haven't already mentioned is also cool. Yep. Um, so I think one of the guys that uh, is like higher in everybody's mind, but he's been dropping a little bit is uh, Sharif Cooper. I think he's a very solid player. I think he is getting Trey Young comps, which is like, come on, Trey That's Young. High praise. Great. Yeah. But like, you know, somebody like the biggest thing about Trey was he could pull up from 30 even in college, right? Sharif Cooper, the biggest knock on him is he's not a great shooter. Right. So I think that that comparison is like, what, like, how do you, how are you going to make it? He's a great passer, which you can make the case, but even Trey Young, he's averaging 10 assists a game, you know, and 30 points, you know? So like that comparison is tough to make. So I think that Sharif Cooper is getting a little bit and he's like five, like 10 and a half, five, 11, like he's not six, one. Oh, so it's just like, yeah. I mean, like they say six, one, I like, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at his measurables right here and it's six, three and a half. No, it's not. There's no. no Okay. All right. I'll take your word Those for it. Those are probably in heels. No way Sharif Cooper is six three and a half. <laughs> that's what he measured at. That's no. why that's why I asked you. That's what he measured at the combine? That's his measurement at the combine. Six no, three and wait, a half. I'm about to check that right now. You're what look, I'm not I wouldn't lie to you. Look, uh, Airfine was at the combine. No, no, yeah, but I didn't get to see his measurement, but still, like that I, I don't know. That's <laughs> six three and a half. If he's six three and a half, his his stock goes up quite a bit, you know. Um, but I think another guy that you know people you know, are getting to know more of now. I think one of the sleepers in this draft is Bones Highland. And one of the reasons, like, I've gotten to know him personally because he's been with us at the Skill Factory. But, like, the biggest thing about him is he's a freaking dog. He's a freaking competitor. And, like, he won't back down. So I think, like, he's probably going to go, like, late first round to a playoff team. He's, he's a guy who can, you know, put the ball in the hole, like, consistently. He's a very good playmaker. I think he wasn't uh, playing with the best – floor spacing at uh, Virginia Commonwealth VCU. So I think that, you know, him playing with NBA spacing is definitely going to be a lot better for his playmaking. And he's a very, very, very good shooter. Like one of the best, I would say top three shooters in this draft, both off the dribble and catch and shoot. Um, and obviously when you don't have a floor spacing team in college, right, your looks are all tougher, right? Anything at the basket's a lot tougher. Um, so I think that he has a lot of potential. I think he's going to raise some eyebrows next year. Be like, oh, like, why do we, like, where, where were we on him? Talk to me a little bit about, I've been reading on, on the Twitter sphere, a lot of noise about Jared Butler recently. Mm -hmm. um, and he's kind of on the rise. His stock seems like at least it's on the rise and he's projected in that, you know, mid twenties and could potentially go higher than that. Now, what, why, why is there so much hype about Jared Butler all of a sudden? I mean, I, I thought there should have been more hype about Jared, Butler. I think it's just like, he's, he's a little bit older, but like, he's a very, very solid player. Like he's six, three, he can really defend. Right. I mean, he might, he might've measured a six, six and a half at the combine, but I don't know. Yeah. Six, six, two and a half, six, two and a half. There's no way Shreve Cooper's, I, <laughs> I can't believe that. Like I just, I still can't, I have to look this up after. I mean, I'm taking your word for it right now, but I just don't think that's true. Um, but so. <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> that, look, that's completely fair. I'm only telling look, you what is in front of me. I didn't go I, ask Shreve I looked himself. it up. I looked it up. He measured, he measured six, three and a half without shoes. What Sharif Cooper? He, maybe he grew. Maybe he grew. Six four and six four and three quarters. Which in the last couple months, I don't know. 
You're welcome. Like I said, you're welcome to but look it his up. His listed height on Wikipedia is six one, which is still higher than five ten or five eleven. I mean that that makes it a lot. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's wrong. I promise you. You you guys are reading the like. There's an article on SI that says that he was measured at six four, but like it's after spending the entire season at Auburn listed at six one. Sharif Cooper had a laugh when he was mistakenly listed at six four at the NBA draft combine. I'm not six four. Yeah, no, I'm reading it now. The NBA's official rundown for yeah, I'm not six one anymore. I'm about six two. All right. So All right. he's like right there, but he's definitely grown like in the last year. But I still think his shot is very questionable. You can't get him to him. But like that, that like that's oh. it's a big deal. Like two inches, like three inches, like being five eleven compared to six two, six two, and filling your body out is a lot different. I mean, Jared Butler is like six three. Right. I think he's going to be a very solid, like going back to Jared Butler, I think he's going to be a very solid player. He's a very good defender, right? Like I said, but I think he could space the floor. He could play off the ball as well, right? So he could be a secondary playmaker, but then also be a really good shooting shot, 40% plus, uh, I think, the last two years at, uh, at uh, Baylor. So now, let's go in the time machine and turn back the clock like 24 months ago, right? There are three names that stick out that 24 months ago or maybe 28 months ago, we're definitely supposed to go way higher in this draft and their stock has just plummeted and seems to be staying in that direction. The three names I'm going to give you are Isaiah Todd, Zaire Williams, and Jalen Johnson. Talk to me about what's going on with those three guys. Are they going to maybe surprise us in their NBA careers? Or is there a really good reason why their stock has overall fallen in the last two-ish years or so? No, I mean, I think Jalen Johnson, like he, he certainly... I don't know how much it says like he gave gave up on his team, but I mean, I, obviously every athlete has a right to do whatever they want. Um, it's, it's the just, team like, was trash. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, it's Duke. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you necessarily anywhere really just you know leaving the middle of the season. Maybe it was to prepare for the draft, whatever it was. I mean, I hope it was something more than just preparing for the draft because you know that like when you're looking at that, like obviously he might have great talent, but you know if you're thinking about somebody that you can develop long term potentially, somebody like OKC. You can bring him in, develop long-term, and then boom, he leaves, right? Like, you've seen that before. So, like, you don't – sometimes, like, it's just in a player's mind that, okay, like, I'm trying to go to the best scenario, which is completely fine. But then you have to think about that as a front office and say, all right, if we do put our eggs into this basket, we put our, like, re- resources into this, and he turns out to be great, and then, you know, he leaves, right? Like, what do we do? You know? so, so, so is this evaluation – right now he's going mid to late 20s right now. Is yep. this, do you feel, I wouldn't say solely because it's usually never solely, but is yeah. it mostly like 65, 70% based on him giving up on Duke or are there actual problems with the talent itself and why he was, like I said, 24 months ago, he was probably a lottery pick and now he's well past the lottery. No, I mean, he could definitely end up being like one of the 10 best players in this draft and it wouldn't shock me at all. Right. But just, I wouldn't say that high of a percentage, I mean, at least in my mind, I wouldn't think it was that high of a percentage that he would fall off draft boards. Cause then it's like, you're leaving like the 12th best talent or like the 11th best talent for the 25th pick. Like, like that's what they did with Kevin Porter Jr. Teams that need talent. They're going to try to load up on it. Right. Even if it's like, all right, we got to deal with this. We got to have resources in place with our team to deal with those problems. So I think that Jalen Johnson, I mean, I think he's super talented. Obviously a lot of these guys, like their shot hasn't developed. They're 18, 19 years old. Right. But like his athleticism, you know, what he has shown in shades on defense, like I'm excited to see that, especially running up and down the floor at the NBA level. All right. Well hit on Zaire Williams with me and Isaiah Todd, another two names that would have been really, really good 24 months ago. Yeah. Isaiah Todd's a little bit good. Isaiah Todd first. I think he's a little bit like it's, 
tough to do that because he had he was like the third, fourth, fifth option on that G League night team. You know, mm-hmm. playing with guys that need the ball, like Kaminga, Green, uh, you know, Deshaun Nix, who has the ball in his hands a lot. So, like, it's tough being the option, especially after you've been the number one option your entire life. So, like, that adjustment, it probably wasn't as seamless as it needed to be. Um, maybe that's why he's falling on draft boards. But I do think he has a lot of potential in terms of, like, his body type and, like, what it can be. It's like a prototype for body. You know what I'm saying? So now it's just, like, developing a shot. He's athletic, you know. He's still like, he's, I mean, if you're thinking about last year, he was at like supposed to go 10, 15. That means people thought he was a 10, top 10, top 15 talent, right? And not just all of a sudden people are just going to overtake him like that. So maybe people, he might be slipping in people's minds because, oh, he didn't have a good G League night. But like, those are the diamonds that you find. It's like, oh, we got him as a 39th pick, right? I feel like, like he could absolutely be a steal. In like, this draft. Down 15, 20, right? But then it also could work the other way. You know, where like he doesn't have as great of a career. But then again, when you're picking the 30s and 40s, like, are you expecting to find like somebody incredible or are you just expecting to like hopefully hit on somebody? That's fair. And then uh, Zaire Williams. I think his situation was a little bit tricky. Um, I think he's a good scorer. I just don't know like what else he brings to an NBA team besides scoring. And like, yeah, it's good to have somebody that's six, seven, six, eight, and they can score. But like, you know, you need, I need more than that. You know what I'm saying? Guys like Franz Wagner, like even though he's not as good of a score, he brings that defensive, like, and especially now with how big defense is in the playoffs as well, like being able to switch all those things, like guys, like a guy like Franz Wagner could do that. Whereas a guy like Zaire Williams, you know, I I haven't seen it yet. He might be able to, but like, you haven't seen it yet. That's fair. He went to Stanford. That's his fault. He shouldn't have gone to Stanford. (laughs) Smart guy, probably. So before we go, I know this is the hardest part and, Quite frankly, we're all going to be wrong many, 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 many times in our in our basketball coverage minds, and we'll probably be right a few times as well. If you had to tell me who you think will shock us, surprise of the draft, might be picked, let's say, late lottery or outside the lottery altogether, and then we're like, oh, shit, like a Donovan Mitchell was 13 or a Kobe Bryant who was 13 many years ago. Um, obviously, Kobe is a very high comp. I'm simply saying a guy who's picked later in the draft that will be better than his positional picks. I mean, look, hell. Even Kyle Kuzma at 27 is definitely better than 27th player in his draft when that happened many years ago. So it doesn't have to be in a Hall of Fame guy, but just a guy who's going to over, you know, overperform based on where he goes. Give me a couple of names that come to mind here. All right. So one one guy I'm going to say is I think Garuba. I think he's going to be, especially if he ends up in the right spot, like he brings so much value defensively. And I think that's what a lot of teams are looking for. Like obviously teams are looking for playmaking, but you need somebody versatile to play that four or five position. And then, you know, shots been coming around a little bit. He also, he played in the best league in the world, second best league in the world, right? The Euro league. And then obviously in, in um, Spain as well. Um, and he got more minutes in Spain. So you can see more, whereas the Euro league, he's maybe getting like seven, 10 minutes a game. So, you know, I think he has a lot of potential. And I, I'm, not just saying this because I got to work with him, but like getting an up close with Bones Highland, I think that he's going to outperform his stock like tremendously. Like I think like when we redraft, I think he'll be like top 15. And if, if I had to guess right now, knowing what I know, I would say, but he's going to go like 25, 30. Okay. Know? And so, then uh, and a couple of guys who may not live up to the potential, which is uh, this clip might be played a million times over if you end up getting the uh, – I, I have one more name. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Boston. I think he's a, like, he has a chance. He's another guy that is supposed to go top three, five, but he's a really good player. Right. But like, he didn't have a great year. Right. And he's gone through a tough situation with like dealing with Terrence Clark and his passing away and stuff like that. 
right? But like now he's locked in, right? So he could end up being a top 10 player in this draft. And you get him at like, you know, in the second round or like late first round, that, that might end up being like one of the best deals, right? Well, what's the name you said? Uh, BJ Boston, my bad. BJ Boston. BJ right, Boston. Cool. Yeah, he went to Kentucky. Didn't have a great year, you know, but I think he's a guy who can, you know, definitely outperform his stock. Okay. And then, uh, and then, yes, the hard part of the job, busts. <laughs> Guys who don't live up to the potential, who don't maybe end up being the guy that we hoped or thought they would be. I know, I know you want to say Jonathan Kaminga. Go ahead. And I'm going to talk <laughs> about other names. I don't want to say John. I think, um, <laughs> if he goes to Orlando, you'll say Jonathan Kaminga. I think, I mean, Jalen Green, if you look at like relative to the draft position, maybe. Oh, I said, I said is fuming. <laughs> but no, but like, but like he also like relative to the draft position, he, you don't know, he, he could be the best player in this draft. Like Kate Cunningham could be the second best player in this draft because Jalen Green has that high of a ceiling. Right. And so um, I think one of the guys that like, I'm not like too fond of yet. And it's I, like, it's Jaden Springer. I think that he's I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. I think his athleticism has just boosted him. I think he had like a 46, 47 inch vertical is ridiculous, but like something like him, he's growing because like the measurables are there, like the defensive versatility is there. But like when, when it comes down to it, like, are you going to be able to knock a three down in the playoffs? Like that's how all these teams have to think, right? Like it's not just, Oh, we're trying to win the regular season. Um, and then another guy, I think, again, it depends on where he goes to, but somebody like Corey Kispert, right? Like, if he doesn't end up in the right place, you know, he if he doesn't have a playmaker, right, then depends on how good he is. He can move off the ball really well, but I think people are sort of overrating him as a defender. I don't think he's as good of a defender as people make him out to be. Well, he's a solid defender, right? But, like, people are like, oh, he's one of the best defenders in this draft. Like, like his IQ is maybe there, but, like, you know, somebody like Trey Murphy, right? He's like, he has more athleticism. He has more length, right? And, but he's not as good of a shooter, right? So there's that trade-off. So I think those two guys will be like guys that I'm looking, I, I'm never hoping for anybody to fail. So I'm, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong about these two. So. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Before we go, Shaban, Asad, Kays, first off, thank you for doing the mock draft. This was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Irfan, thanks for coming on. As always, always a good time, especially when we get to talk draft prospects. Yeah. Before we go, my co-hosts, can you tell me each your favorite? It could be the number one pick. I don't give a shit. Your favorite player in the draft prior to this Thursday's draft, and then we're going to get the hell out of here. Shaban, can I come to you first? Your favorite player in this draft? My favorite player in this draft is Jalen Suggs. Fair. Okay. Asad, don't say Jalen Green, you fuck. I'm going to say Evan Mobley. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kays, Kays, what's your favorite player in the draft? Corey Kispert, hands down. Okay, okay. And mine is, as I've said many, many times, I love... I love, love, love Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be a multiple, multiple time all-star. He seems like a winning mentality. Um, Irfan, do you have a favorite player? I know you've talked about a lot of players today. It's Bones Highland, bro. It's obviously Bones Highland. Uh, but who, who's your favorite player in this draft? It could be number one, it could be number 30. Uh, yes, besides Bones Highland. This shouldn't be hard. Come on, your favorite player. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I really like the way Cade Cunningham plays. I, I'm not just saying he's number one. I just like his, like, his demeanor, I like what he brings to the table. And, like, I really like how he makes people around him better. And there's not a lot of people that can do that. I think Jalen Suggs is one of those guys, right? But there's not a lot of people in this draft. Josh Giddy's another one of those guys that makes people around him better. That, like, 
And it's like that Lamelo effect of like, all right, it's not just that the assist you get; it's people are running the lanes harder, right? So like when Terry Rozier's in the game and that lane opens up because somebody's sprinting to the corner, now you can attack the rim. All that stuff, like it matters, and that's all like based on like one player coming there and not I wouldn't say changing the culture, but like starting to shift into that like exciting style of playing basketball. All right. Well, the NBA draft is this Thursday. We'll get to find out how we did. Um, listener, if you've been listening for a year, you know that we did not so good last year. We will hopefully do better this year. We went um Irfan last year, we did the mock draft and uh and we did 14 picks yep. and we got a lot of the guys right, but we didn't get the guys right in the position that they went and to yep. the team they went. We went one of 14 on exact picks, so not great. Um, well, at least you're gonna go one out of 14 this year. Yeah, so. Kate Kate went number one. I feel like is a pretty close <laughs> There's nowhere to, to go. Up. There's nowhere to go. Uh, the only way to go is yeah, yeah. So like like I said, a lot Isaac of the guys Okoro did is go. the saving grace of this podcast. <laughs> Isaac Okoro is the saving grace. That's funny. Um, but like like I said, a lot of the guys did go, they just didn't go in the position that we thought they would. Uh, but anyway, listener, thank you for listening to another episode of the Waterboy and Equipment Manager Podcast. Irfan, thanks again for coming on. Uh the NBA or at NBA Film Room on Twitter. I did plug it before, I'll plug it again. Go to Irfan. He's going to be talking about draft coverage all the way through and through. Um, and, and that's it, guys. We'll see you next week after the NBA draft and, and probably reflect on some of these picks. And also, we'll either be very, very happy or very, very sad. Well, he's probably going to be happy either way because Houston gets number two no matter what, right? Yep. <laughs> In the meantime, listener, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. Bye. Later. Thank you.